Traveling the Vortex. Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. Make him the cutest that I've ever seen. We've joined the doctor as he travels the vortex in episode number 255. I'm Keith, and may the gods look favorably upon you. I'm Sean, and may the gods look favorably upon you. I'm Glenn. May the gods damn you. Ha! Oh! <laughs> Contrary tonight. <laughs> How are you guys? Somebody's just a little ray of sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired, guys. I'm very tired. I don't know why. Again, I'm still... I got a doctor's appointment next week, so I'm going to look into it. But I'm very tired, but I do know why. <laughs> leaves. leaves. Did you rake leaves today? Mowed and suck back to leaves more than anything. What's in the news, Keith? Uh, Titan, if you didn't see the news on Facebook or elsewhere, Titan Comics have announced there's going to be now a fourth Doctor miniseries of comic books. I'm sensing a trend. <laughs> Entitled The Gaze of Medusa, the five-part series will hit stores in March. Penned by Gordon Rennie, who wrote Judge Dredd, and Emma Beebe, who also wrote Judge Dredd, with art by Brian Williamson, who did the 12th Doctor art. Is this the Judge Dredd comic or the Judge Dredd Sylvester Stallone movie? <laughs> I'm assuming it's I the am comic. the law! I am the law! <laughs> That's such a good bad movie. And, of course, the issue one will have the variety of covers you can collect if you want. Which, honestly, the only one I was impressed with was the, the main non-subscription, or the regular news Alex, Alex X Zang, the, the one, one who's one done the first all the of all the, yeah. yeah. The, the, the uh, second alternate one isn't bad, with the Zygon and the Mummy and the Santara. And, and, yeah. It's not bad. Okay. Based off the covers, they, they haven't given us all that details about these. Based off the covers, I'm assuming Sarah Jane's in them. <laughs> I think it's a safe bet. <laughs> but we don't know anything else about it, so. Of course, if you go by that second cover, there's a Zygon and a... Uh... <laughs> oh, wait, I'm sorry. I, I missed it in the in the announcement. It is officially Sarah Oh, okay. Jane. The K-1 robot is back. <laughs> Kettlewell's hair. <laughs> it's his own character now, <laughs> Taking over. Uh, other news. Mark Gatiss, recently, very recently, because I just saw this today, <laughs> said he is sitting down to write a sequel to Sleep No More. No word when that will be, but Steve, he says, I quote. Oh, did Gatiss write this? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Steven has asked me if I'll write a sequel to this one. Which I find, in a Yeti way, very exciting. I'll see if I can do that. There's a history of groupings. Two Mara stories and Peter Davison's time. Two Yeti stories. It would be nice to do a sequel. I would certainly like to do it. I think the idea is good and the monsters are great, so it would be quite nice. I'm going to reserve my comments on this piece of news until after our reviews. (laughs) I think it's ripe for a sequel. That's all I'm going to say. I'll give you that. <laughs> Perhaps they can improve upon Maybe it. Maybe they'll fix some things. <laughs> Maybe they'll explain the ending. Yeah, that too. Uh, and, uh, but we'll get there. <laughs> in another bit of news, uh, Peter Capaldi recently had surgery. Glenn, you have the details on that. He did yeah. recently have surgery? Well, or is going to have surgery. Yeah, I don't think we've determined that. Recently in the wibbly-wobbly sense of the term. Who knows when you listen to this? It's one of those. Um, Thanks. One of those Ogeron. No, not the Ogerons. Well, you can't prove it now. But <laughs> <laughs> what are the, what are the jelly bean monsters from uh, Three Doctors? What are those called? The gel guards. Yeah. Yeah, it was a gel guard. It looked like, totally looked like a gel guard. Yeah. We're eating jelly babies today on the podcast. <laughs> Sorry to steal your jelly baby. That one did not look like a jelly baby. It looked ooh. That looks like a sleep monster. Oh, he did. He did have face uh, missing. <laughs> he did already have his. Uh, he did already. He just had surgery. Says, uh, Peter Capaldi had to have keyhole surgery after injuring his knee during filming of Dark. So now he has keyholes. Apparently, uh, the good doctor or Peter Capaldi has injured his knee in the 
exact same way that previous Dr. Matt Smith injured his knee during the making of the show. Um, apparently, Capelli says, I've had the exact same injury Matt had. When I first met Matt, he was on crutches, and I asked, what happened to you? And he said, the show, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Capelli goes on to say, and it turns out we have the exact same thing, and I think it's some something that happens when you run down corridors and suddenly pivot at the end. <laughs> Um, and as uh, some people know, Matt was using the cane during the filming of the show, and that's why he had the sonic cane, cane apparently, in some of the – well, at least – In the one together. episode. Yeah. And then – Or uh, phrase that, as some people know, <laughs> despite the fact it was news to all three of us tonight. <laughs> this article doesn't – If you doesn't, read these articles, <laughs> you knew. This article doesn't um, – Explain what keyhole explain surgery it, is. But, well, it's, 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 it's to fix a uh, damage to your knee, to your specifically. Ah, I can't find where it is. I had the... Uh, it's not the ACL, but it's a... No, it's a... Is ACL knee? Shows how much I know. I don't know. ACL is a sports thing. I anyway, think. well, that's I, the... I, I start glossing over. Yeah, well... <laughs> This article didn't, doesn't touch on it, but apparently the injury is very common with athletes because mm. it's a start and stop injury to the knee. And, uh, it's probably so more basketball. I think it's it's very. I think the surgery is very. It's not very intrusive, so it's it's real quick in and out. And uh, apparently he's recovering now because they're obviously not shooting the series, so he's able to get in and get that. And he, and he likes surgery. his cane. He likes his cane. I wonder if he'll incorporate that next season, just because. <laughs> So there you go. Well, we hope him a speedy recovery. recovery. Our last bit of news is that the Christmas special, this year's Christmas special, will be shown in U.S. shown in U.S. cinemas. I'm sorry, I don't want to hear any news about the Christmas special till after Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Well, too bad. (laughs) I just got to get acclimated to it. That's what I was told. It's going to put me in the mood to watch Doctor Who. Oh wait, except this is going to be after Christmas. Christmas. What? It's after Christmas, December 28th and 29th. The Christmas cinema special. events. Oh, the yes. cinema. Yeah. yeah. Cinema yeah. yeah. No, the, the Christmas the special, special, I think, on, is still due to Christmas, Christmas, released yeah. on Christmas Day. But. And there's no word uh, that Easter I've seen <laughs> if it's 3D or not. I don't think it is. Hmm. I, know, I know the last one was, and Day of the Doctor obviously was. That was, was one deep, you went to, right? Was Deep, deep breath. breath. I went to Deep Breath. Yeah. No, Deep Breath. I no, you didn't, went to Death and I went, Well, I went to Deep Breath as well, and it was not 3D. So but this Death probably Heaven and um, oh, it was a two-parter. Was. For the, probably for the quick turnaround, it probably wouldn't be. Yeah, because they had some time. What is the name of that one? Which one? Death in Heaven and something water. Dark Water. Dark, Dark Water, water. And Death in Heaven. Yeah. <laughs> My brain just went... <laughs> just white noise. I was like, "Dark water and death in heaven," uh, and they were in 3D. Yeah, I remember you saying the opening was. Yeah, it was neat. Uber super cool. So check your Fathom Events website in your local theater to see if uh, your theater will be showing it. Uh, they are tickets are on sale. Went on sale f- Friday the thirteenth. That's it for news. We're going to organize a group going of uh, Force Awakens. I uh, no, I already got my tickets. Well, we could. I'd go see it again. I'm sure. Oh I, wow, Glenn! <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant opening day. I already have my opening day. I need to look into. I saw mine. We're 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 planning on going to see it in IMAX on the weekend. So that'll be Sarah's first viewing. I wonder if they're doing. When like, are you going? Are you going? I might go on. Uh. Thursday. Are they, are they doing oh, on Thursday. 24 hour viewing for the first weekend or something, or has that been announced? Uh, I haven't seen. How are you going Thursday? You know, I'm off Thursday and Friday. After I get off work. Oh, okay. Oh, I guess there'll be a later showing, yeah. Oh, if, oh, if you're off, then I don't know. Oh, yeah, because you'll have to work my schedule. Yeah. I might just wait and see it in IMAX. I'm sitting <laughs> over here. It's between you guys. <laughs> it's already determined we've, he's yeah, off. So. We've, been, we've been having to deal with that for years, so. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I'll go. I'll go see it. I'm sure I'll go see it several dozen times, maybe a couple hundred times before. <laughs> so yeah, we could do that. 
should, yeah, I have my tickets. We should, too, we, we, we should we should do a, a Star Wars side trip. A Star Wars side trip. Yeah, that'd be yeah, good. Why not? Why not? Um, we're going the morning of the 18th, actually, uh-huh. because I got the tickets for the not for that night, and then we realized that Caitlin has a play opening that night that oh. she's in. <laughs> so luckily, I have VIP status. <laughs> and on there it. was a split second where Glenn was like. <laughs> Luckily, I have VIP <laughs> status on Fandango, so they allow me to switch shows. So it's kind of nice. Thank you, Fandango, for doing that. <laughs> Not that they're a sponsor or anything, but... We don't have an official Doctor Who Legacy Tip of the Week, but I like to say that I've made a lot of progress. I'm now in Chapter 4. Oh, Ooh. all right. Yeah. Congratulations. I'm, I just got through the library. So I've got... River is the Doctor and whatnot. You only a handful of episodes behind where I'm at. Then hmm. still, there's a lot more story levels than I expected. There's a lot in in Chapter Four, yeah. And I've crossed 300 stars. Hey, congratulations! And I'd like to say, after my uh, tip last week of don't forget to uh, log in, I've missed it twice this week. <laughs> <laughs> so a pox on pox on me from. Even suggesting it. I was doing so well. I'd like to say I've picked it up in like three weeks because I, my iPad 2 runs it way too slow to even play mm-hmm. for a level anymore. So I'm waiting until we get our new phones <laughs> so I can play it on our, on our new phones. Then the chapter or the series nine levels have really reinvigorated my interest in the game. That's cool. Oh, there's only one of those tonight. I yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. Let's move on to the review, then. Yeah, we have no feedback this week. This terrifying story is assembled from footage discovered in the wreckage of the Leverrier space station. <laughs> That's the official synopsis. That's the official synopsis. Okay, you ready for this? Dun, dun! Because <laughs> it gets both. I tell you, half I'll, of one and half of the other. I'll start because I I think overall the majority of the episode is exciting and fun and atmospheric, thrilling and atmospheric, and it really feels like it's going to go somewhere. It kind of feels like a standard episode, and then it, it but then we don't get the resolution of a standard then, episode. Then my last part of that review is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will have to say I did I, – I, I pat myself on the back. As soon as Clara got out of the Morpheus machine or sleep bed or whatever, I realized that we started to see from her point of view, and we had never seen from her or the doctor up until that point. I, I never saw from the I didn't doctor pick up on it because I kept looking for it. I didn't pick up on it until they were in the freezer, before, right before they picked up on it. First thing I did is I turned to my family and said, anybody notice something different? And they threw out about a half a dozen of things that were like, no, that's not different. But uh, <laughs> finally I had to say, we're seeing through Clara's eyes now. We're seeing from her perspective. I said it before we were – now at the time I thought we were seeing through camera uh, yeah. uh, helmet cams. But I said from – you know, the, suddenly she got out of that machine. Now we're seeing through her eyes. I said, so somehow she's got like a camera embedded in her. And they were like, what? I said, no, really. We have not seen through Clara or the doctor's eyes yet. And so then, of course, I, we got that answered. Which I was – Mel picked up on it. She was like, eh, "Let's look at Clara's point of view," and I dismissed it because it was like, "No, it's all helmet cam." <laughs> <laughs> so she picked up on it, and I didn't. Well, Holly then Holly had throw out the, "Well, why are we seeing everybody in this shot?" And I said, "Well, because there's closed circuit cameras in the uh, in station. The room, yeah. That's why we're seeing those." That was wrong, <laughs> but but that was. <laughs> that was next I tell you that, and then and that moment, the reveal that there was no closed circuit t- cams in the. Uh, space station was exciting. So yeah, I was like, I know wow, how okay, what's and, the deal? Yeah. This is... Re- <laughs> and I, good, the, I think that was the last time I remember being excited in that episode. And they did a good job of setting it up for the found footage format with him explaining and there's oh, there's going to be jumps oh, because some of the footage is gone. That was great until the end of the show. Yeah. And then that sucked. Yeah, then it was agreed. like, no, that was dumb. But but they at least <laughs> gave me enough and then later fixed even more for why the format and 
the use of the format. Like if you remember from my ex, uh, complaint about Project Almanac, they did it much better in this and used the format to its to their advantage, and it helps that they wrote it into the story of why it was that way. That was my biggest fear going into this because I knew it was a found footage episode that they were going to be kind of sloppy with it because they think they can get away with it because of the format. Yeah. And they didn't do that. I was very pleased with it. Oh, and it's all exciting because you're, you're thinking all along that he's the only survivor and what would happen to the, what happened to the doctor and Clara? I saw her in the previous, I saw them in the previous last week. And of course now I think we're all at that point in the series where we're on edge expecting Clara, something tragic <laughs> to happen to Clara because we know she's leaving. There, and there's so always some reference no to idea. The doctor always says something about her dying in every single episode. Yeah, so we're 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 poised for that. So that's exciting because you're like, okay, could this be is this going to be this it? Is it? Yeah. We need to see what happens here. And it was, and I liked the concept of the Morpheus beds, the Morpheus uh, pods. They were that was clever. It was it was neat. I understood the the drive for humanity to figure out a way to it get. It seems by like on something Morpheus. humanity would do. I, there were, I think there was a message in this as well. Again, very heavy handed in the fact that you know humanity trying to find a way to get more work out of everybody by <laughs> sleeping less, by fig- fixing a way so that you don't have to sleep, you can put more hours in the day and make more. Profit. Unfortunately, it's not a humanity. Goal. It sounds more like a corporate goal, which I, I think that was the message there. Yeah. So that 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 sucks, but in the same time, it's it's what a great concept. I mean, uh, that sadly, that's if corporations could do that, then they would. Oh, yeah, jump on that. I think we've all thought that at one point in time. Well, well, the, this, is, this is yeah. the first story to have them remove sleep. I mean, other stories have done the same idea. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, just I, I think we've all at one point in time in our lives gone, man. If I didn't. I have to sleep tonight. I could get so much more stuff yeah, done, exactly. but I know it's going to be worthless tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. Exactly. And this is just taking that kind of nugget and expounding on it into this very Douglas Adams almost kind of concept with, oh, yeah, corporate came up with this idea that we don't have to sleep and they condense it all into five minutes and everybody's fine. It's like, that's just a nutty enough, maybe not necessarily Douglas Adams yeah, specifically, I but I mean, it's, 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 it's a very, very Doctor Who idea. Yeah. And it works. That part is genius. The core idea behind this yeah i thought the execution was really off I thought oh, really? Really, yeah it's, it's such a different approach to the story all storytelling also because most of the time we are split between the doctor's perspective for the most part and doctor and companion and the side characters some uh, or, or the villain yeah not literal yeah. but you kind of see it there through their journey and this is not you. You see it from all the side characters' journey going through, and the Doctor is almost the side character to the story. Seeing him come in, it's it's almost say what you will. This episode, at least the first part of this episode, will be would be the most like being in an episode of being a part of the of the show itself. This would be our role more than companion. More more likely than not, we would be the ones, see, kind of like uh, Elton in Love and Monsters, seeing the Doctor come in, do his thing, and observe it, and kind of be a part of it, but not really have all of the knowledge that the, you normally have as the viewer. I guess from that standpoint, you're right. But that, yeah. From that aspect, I found the episode fascinating. I hadn't thought of it that way, but that's a very good point. I just don't think the found footage. I don't. The idea of doing it as found footage, and I, admittedly, I'm not a fan of the of the idea of found footage films or, or stories. I think they're very limiting. I think the first time you do one with something like Blair Witch Project, and it's new and inventive, and like, oh, okay, cool. The problem with it is that you're. It's usually a single camera, and you're limited in how much storytelling you can really do in a feature length. You know. Um, story. But even in a 45-minute episode. <laughs> or in a 45-minute yeah, episode. It, with multiple just, cameras. So they, they got around some of that yeah. with the way this worked out and tried very hard to kind of rationalize why it was a found footage episode. But I, I honestly, I felt that was kind of clunky and mm-hmm. not needed. It just it was like you're, you're, you're really just rationalizing why you're storytelling it this way. <clears throat> and then to put on the 
I've edited all the footage together for you. Well, well now you're cheating because now it's <laughs> now you, you're going to have edits, and so every time there's an edit to transition from one camera to another, I'm automatically wondering if there's an ulterior motive to why you didn't show me the right. rest of that exactly. footage. Exactly. Which made me think of this guy as the bad guy right off the bat. Mm. Just the, and maybe that maybe that's filmmaking, maybe that's an editing thing. But just just right off the bat, it's like eh, I don't trust you now because right when this was getting to something that was felt like important, you cut away to something else to show me the guy that was lost in the hallway who I didn't care about anymore. <laughs> so it was like right off the bat with it, and, it's like, mm. and I, I think it's just I think found footage is hard to do. It, it really is. There are few instances of it done well. Yeah, <laughs> and. And I, 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 I tend to appreciate the format. Most of the time, it doesn't work. Yeah, I, I agree with all your points. I think, I think you have very valid points. However, that aside, I didn't have any problems with that with this because I thought that for for the most part, the story is continually moving. It's engaging. It's I'm focusing on what's happening and not the idea of the concept of the found footage part of it. And so I think as Keith pointed out and probably maybe i maybe this is why i appreciate it more was because of seeing it in a different way in a different perspective it was it was kind of nice to see how they were how it was all put together and i think that was all put together very nicely from a storytelling point of view so i don't think any of or i don't think a good chunk of the points that you're pointing out had any sort of ad, adverse effect to me because like i say i agree with all your points and it, it's very strong but it didn't. Those didn't have any sort of adverse. Even going to because another thing is of you know up until a few weeks ago or no up until last week, I thought okay, let's interesting. Let's see what this is until you pointed out the flaws of found footage last week. I don't remember if we did it on the show or off mic, but I and and I went into this thinking, oh no, it's going to be that. It's going to be all those issues that you have with found footage, and then even going in that with a perceived notion, it didn't come across that way to me. It was very okay. It was. It was. I was. It kept me wondering. One of the things I thought was, "Well, if you're editing in this, what? What? What are you not showing me that's right. happening?" And so that was one of the strikes against it. But then the other thing was, it sets up the why. What has happened? There's a mystery here that that's going to play out before my eyes as we go, and we're going to figure it out as we go. And so that was fun and engaging as it went. And then by about the last maybe quarter of it. It really started to get. I, I, I hesitate to word, use the word silly because even the doctor in this episode says it's this kind of silly. This is kind of you know, he's, and, and at that one point where he says it's almost like this None is this a story. Yeah. This makes sense. Yeah. And so then I'm in my mind. I'm traveling, traveling. I'm going through into my mind, going, okay, maybe this is all a put on, which it is, but it's not because we don't get any sort of revel, resolution as to. We know what the motive is. We just don't know what the process is. It yeah. doesn't really give right. us anything about the process of how this was done or why it was done for. Well, we, it leaves you hanging with – it's almost like – Gaddis wrote this, you said. Gattis. Mm -hmm. All right. So it's almost like Gaddis put it out there, put together an engaging – like I say, I think it was fun. I, I enjoy it. It was almost like a ride. But he puts that out there, and then he leaves it as a "you decide what this was," and that has its place in a lot of media. And in fact, I'm often and it's had that place in who? I'm often, uh, yeah, I think Love and Monsters is 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 a, a great example and, yeah. of that. Listen's a great example, as you said. But the the this particular way they did this, it was a it was a it was a letdown because of being a a ride and a mystery and as you're piecing together things that are going on and figuring things out maybe it's because i figured out the point of view perspective early on then when it leaves you hanging it didn't give you enough to come to your own conclusion of what it was and then so it falls down in that area as well because there's just not enough information yeah. given for me to me to make an educated guess as to what just happened it was like we were almost there to let you to give you a a plot or a or a resolution but we're going to let you decide the last little bit by yourself it's like we gave you just enough no we're going to let you just figure it out from here and it was that that's where it really made me mad actually and unfortunately when you put a 
story together like that. And I'm having fun, and it's very engaging. And I'm going, okay, this is interesting. Let, let's let's enjoy the ride here. It wasn't by far the best episode ever. Don't get me wrong. I'm just trying to sell it that it was an enjoyable episode. In in that sense, like we've been getting all season, but it was more of a, okay, I'm just along for the ride here. So let's figure out. Let's see where this goes. Yeah. And then to do that at the end, the way they ended, I still don't know how what the point was, but. Then it kind of sours everything that came before, and all of those emotions and expectations and excitement that I had just becomes a huge letdown because then suddenly you just you, you just drop the bottom out of it at the end. Mm-hmm. So I just I, and unfortunately most of the dialogue it's not a was, rewatcher for me either. Yeah, I, I I went ahead and rewatched just to make sure I didn't miss anything. My, well, that was my first thought. Was my first thought was you know I really ought to rewatch this to see what I missed because obviously I didn't I don't get it. And so, but then. As I processed it in my head, I kept thinking, no, you don't get a rewatch out of me because now that I know how this ends, none of that enjoyment's going to be there. So it's going to be like me slogging through this to figure out what's going on. And I gave up on it. Now I may revisit it again sometime, but well, especially I, if there's a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> well, and unfortunately, the dialogue doesn't even sparkle enough to look past the issues for me. It was the dialogue was just kind of there. I mean, there was some there were some nice bits, but it, uh, it's, unlike it's, last week where we had fun and engaging bits between all of the, the the characters, regardless of who was on screen at any given time, whether it was the Doctor and Osgood, or uh, or Clara and and um, the unit chick, or or the Doctor and Kate, or, or whoever it happened to be, there were those little sparks, in the, and it it was. Something interesting was being said at all times. This one just felt like it was all exposition through all of it. Yeah. Anytime somebody opened their mouth to say something, it was, I have to deliver this piece of information to you now. Are you ready? Okay, here it is. Even yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. 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 Even, even from In a plotting standpoint, that, that we, we get into the lab and we meet Morpheus and we meet the doctor, the, not the doctor, but the other doctor, uh, the, the creator of it. And he's the one we're here to rescue. And we're being attacked. There's a strange noise and a thing at the door. Let's drop the thing at the door <laughs> to deal with, oh, what is this? It's like, you have more pressing issues. <laughs> They're at the door. Who cares what this is? But no, we're going to bring everything to a screeching halt because the machine nabbed Clara. Because it need, she needed a nap. Which then later became a convenient excuse for the found footage thing. It, yeah. it just yeah. it, it was shoehorned in there. and It was like... What are you doing? The idea is genius. The idea of this, that, Conceptually, that, that we need it sleep. Good. It's not just yeah. a biological function to rest the brain and, and rejuvenate and all this kind of stuff, but it's a biological function to rid yourself of this stuff. <laughs> oh, man. That's <laughs> right up there with being afraid of snowmen and shadows and, yeah, now I'm afraid of sleep. Awesome. <laughs> You're afraid of not getting or enough not, sleep. Or not getting enough sleep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is... Well, then they tried to make the you afraid of something as simple as sleep dust in your eyes. Uh-huh. Yeah, they try. Anybody they else try. find themselves rubbing their eyes during the episode, just kind of going, "Okay, no, 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 no. it's me." <laughs> Maybe it's because I watched it first thing this morning and I uh, just gotten you up. You probably still had sleep, so I still had sleep in my eyes, and I, I, I did. I was like, "Am I clear?" <laughs> <laughs> you were probably finding pits and pieces and putting it in a pile to burn later. <laughs> The other thing that that, that, that that there was a problem with this, and Holly was even bothered by it more so than I was because she pointed it out immediately, was that they set up this relationship between the girl that the, – the I can't remember what they called her. Um, the clone? Yeah. Well, she's not a clone. 474. Four. Yeah, 474 was, was her yeah. name. And But they set up this relationship with her and Booker? Is that his name? Chakra. I don't know. Chopra. Chopra. It was Chopra. Okay, Chopra. So they put, yeah. The P. Chopra? Chopra. I don't think that's right. It was Chopper. I think they called him Chopper. It's spelled Chopra. It might be, but I'm pretty sure they <laughs> called him Chopper because I was thinking Booker, but it's Chopper. Yeah. The, Maybe so it's they, just what she called him because they she had set up this. They yeah. set up this um, relationship between her and Chopper, but they, it felt empty. It felt like they didn't go anywhere with it or they didn't, they didn't give us enough of a connection before they gave us the whole tragic separation. And so it was like that was – it's like if so you built they were on so that. were so adversarial at the beginning. If, well, and I'm fine with that. If you're super – yeah, exactly. If you're super adversarial at the beginning and, and then growth. you come to you, – there needs to be more growth. You're absolutely yeah. right. 
And so that just felt kind of just shoved in there now. So Well, and so many times <laughs> we would get so far and be like, well, what about, oh, yeah, they killed him. <laughs> I, I forgot that people died. <laughs> the, the, I, I, I hate to say this, but realistically, the entire rescue crew was placeholder for death tombstone. That's, you know, you go into certain Doctor Who episodes expecting people to die, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, you know let's say, who's the red shirt on this one? Uh, that guy's going to die first. So you, you kind of expect that. But none of these characters, when we got the little intro of them at the beginning, oh, she's smart and young for her age, and this is the Joker of the group, and this is the, and I just kind of found myself going, don't care, don't care, don't care. Don't, why don't I care about any of these people? Are they that disin- disinteresting to me? Yeah. Yeah, they are. There's nothing happened. The the clone was the most interesting one of the group. Yeah, I would agree there. And the frustrating, where is the character development? Where is this, this could have been a really cool, you know, because Clara gets indignant about the fact that we're grown in, you know, batches. And it's, it seems almost a very Sontaran thing to do. And kind of makes you wonder, has, has Earth had contact with Sontaran? Yeah. So we fought a war with them at this point. Did they take this bad... Give me some world building here that would make this character really kind of cool. And allow Clara to get up on her soapbox later and deliver this impassioned speech about why treating this person this way is wrong. And we didn't get any of that. It was just kind of like, (laughs) oh, I'm going to kill you later. And then, bred for battle, very smart tactically, has a gun, never uses it, (laughs) charges Leroy Jenkins style at the Sandman. It's like... Well, and, and then at the end, Clara gets all indignant at the commander. Is that your answer to everything? That was the first time a gun was freaking fired! The entire episode! The, you all have guns. There is no gunplay in this episode. Until the very end. And then you can't be all upset that she shot the guy when and that's the sh- first time she shot somebody. And you shot the guy. You didn't shoot the monster. You shot, well, I mean, ostensibly, but... You shot Frankenstein. You shot Frankenstein. Yeah. You didn't shoot the monster. Yeah, little things like that throughout this were just kind of like, Twitch, what are you doing? And I, I don't know, it's, <laughs> going back over Gatiss's eight episodes that he's written for Doctor Who, and we've got The Unquiet Dead. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, that's yeah, a, that's that's a good, a, a, that good enjoyable one. Yeah. And we've got The Idiot's Lantern. Not very good. Not very good. <sighs> and then we've got um, Victory of the Daleks. Which I thought was enjoyable. Which I think is mostly good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Un- until the end. And then we've got Night Terrors. Which is really good. Which is really, really good. He, he, he goes up and... And then we've got Cold War. Which, which is, is really, really good. good. And then we've got the Crimson Aura. Which was, which was Campy okay. fun. And we've got Robot of Sherwood. Which was mostly good until the ending. And now we've got... And he's, he's kind of doing this. It's like... Well, which Mark Gatiss is going to show up this week? Because <laughs> I like his writing on Sherlock. Yeah. And I like half his Doctor Who writing. And I liked half of this episode. But I just... I don't know which way to go with him. I mean, he's he's not consistent enough for me to go, I'm so happy that there's a Mark Gatiss script on the schedule. But then I think... I mean, it, it, it's it could have been so much more. It could have been worse, I suppose. But well, it, it kind of feels like... And this is somewhat of a defense of the format. It feels like he pitched this idea of the space station and the sleep idea. And Moffat said, okay, great. We already have a base under siege story. You got to do it differently somehow. Mm -hmm. And that's why they came up with the found footage. Because if it wasn't, it would be pretty much under the lake. So much I of it would honestly, feel similar. I didn't wonder if some of the sets were reused for Under the Lake yeah, because there were a lot be. of corridor shots and it was that just looked dark. very similar. <laughs> yeah. Maybe just without the, the dome part of it. Well, I think also when he pitched it to uh, Moffat, he probably, with the idea that it's you know something simple that you turn into kind of nightmarish, I'm sure Moffat jumped all over that and said, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah let's I, do that. I like those. Did, did so. anybody happen to see the uh, Angrophenia Ang- Anglo- Anglophenia. Anglophenia article about the 13 things you may I not know about sleep no more. I didn't see this. So I, I was struggling with this episode all day today going, why? So I saw this article post up on my, my break at work. And so I went ahead and jumped into it. And uh, he mentions that he's never done the future. All of his episodes have been oh, yeah. either present yeah. day or, or, yeah. or set in the past. And so he was really concerned about it. But he came up with this idea because apparently he's an insomniac. And so that's where he hit upon this idea of, of, of the sleep. I was like, okay, cool. That's that's the essential thing that you get. The story was originally longer. It was going, supposed to be a two-parter. 
And all of the backstory that was supposed to be throughout this two-parter got crunched down. So it's there, Maybe that's but it's mainly dropped dialogue, which I think is why it all sounds like exposition. And no character growth. That's a good point. Um, he, he says in Neptune and around Neptune, they're actually from Triton, which is the chief moon. Uh, they've developed this Morpheus process, and so there's the wide awakes, like the thrusting executives, and they'd be the people who would go out and take cocaine. And then there's the refusekins, which they would refer to as the rips, like the Rip Van Winkles, who are refusing to give up their sleep. This sounds like an awesome seventh doctor. Oh, story. yeah, it really you got does. me hooked <laughs> here. All right, I want to see this one. He says, so that's what they had. And then um, he had this idea, that, you know, because this is the fully worked out thing. He says, at Stephen's encouragement, I said, well, I'm going to write this as a horror film, as if it's going to be a movie, and then I'll rein it in a little bit. And Moffat's like, yeah, okay, cool. Well, then it didn't really get reined in all that much. It kept a lot of the horror elements. And I'm like, okay, fine. And the horror elements were part of the best. Well, I think, that's why it's, uh, I think that's why it's an enjoyable romp. Yeah, yeah, that part of it works. And then here's the next sentence. And then I had the found footage idea. And that's why it became a single, because I didn't think I could sustain it over two. And that was the reason behind that. <laughs> and drop the found footage so idea. So you, you, you shot yourself in the foot. You did that on purpose. It wasn't to yeah. solve this. It wasn't. It's, you 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 had this great world building two part, awesome idea going on, and then I want to do a found footage film. Like, no, <laughs> nobody said that ever in the history of ever. Um, there's a couple of interesting bits in here about some of the uh, the in jokes that he included. Um, when Clara names them, she's because of the Sandman. And the doctor's like, what? And she says, the Sandman, you know, after the song. And he says, I do the naming around here. It's like the Silurians all over again. <laughs> which I, which <laughs> was said it, and yeah. I didn't really catch it until I went back and read the article. Uh, but, of course, ice warriors aren't supposed to be ice warriors. They're actually Martians. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, so on and on and on. So he that was Gatiss purposely pointing that out and throwing that little, that little nugget out there. Um. And he says, uh, it's fun to imagine the geopolitical balance. He says, one of the undisputed greatest Doctor Who writers ever was this guy called Robert Holmes, who wrote Wayne Chiang. And he had this brilliant gift, particularly in that story, for creating an opening and a window into a different reality. Um, the Doctor thinks he's fighting a 19th century villain, but he's actually from the 51st century who's come back in time. And the Doctor says very casually, well, he nearly started World War Six. That's brilliant. Not World War Four, not three, six. <laughs> so he's got this going on out there. And the doctor says, well, of course I know who Magnus Greel is. He, I was with the Filipino army during the last advance on Reykjavik. And I remember as a child going, what does that mean? It's just a fantastic imagined future in which the Philippines and Iceland are the major power blocks in the world. Isn't that brilliant? So that's where he came up with this idea of uh -oh. India and Japan. Apparently he'd been on holiday recently and, and thought about that. And they that to me was another nugget that I think the, the it set was, it was a few line kind drops of, of lost yeah. is had we explored the station more, we probably would have got more. We, well, we got one line of Clara going, it looks like a Chinese restaurant. Did you bring me to a space restaurant? And it's like, other than that, the, the little thing on the wall. I didn't get any sense oh, yeah, of no. either Indian or Chinese influence or Japan, uh, Japanese influence. There was some decor. That was it. It looked like the base and, you know. Yeah. Well, that and apparently he had be, the idea for this. That wouldn't necessarily be Gatiss, though, because a, a set designer probably could Yeah, no, no, no. I, and and that's, that's one of the things I think we kind of have to go back to the crunching it down yeah. Uh, yeah. into a, a one-parter. And apparently he'd actually pitched this... Um, when did I read that? He pitched it a while back. This has been sitting in the Doctor Who maybe vault for a couple of seasons. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just didn't get done and didn't get done and didn't get done. And he said one day, Moffat came to me and said, we're doing the, the sleep thing. So go dust that off and, 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 and go write <laughs> dust that. Dust that off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and even the Macbeth bit, when the doctor starts quoting Macbeth and the genius of that whole speech, it's not on par with last week's anti-war speech. No, but, no. but when he's explaining that, you know, even the old, you know. The ancients, as he called them. Yeah, even when the ancients and the artisans, they knew that sleep was important. They just didn't know why. And you greedy humans doing it. I almost feel like instead of Love and Monsters, which, you know, was appropriate for filming-wise, I almost feel like we should have paired this up with the Sunmakers. Sunmakers? Pluto story yeah. because it kind of had that same the, the almost idea, the greedy yeah. corporateness would have worked with it too for Friday Night Who but 
So I, there, there's so much of this that I feel like I was cheated. Mm-hmm. And I felt yeah. that way before like I read that. this article. But I, I just... <laughs> well, it narrows in what, yeah, why. Yeah, this, why this really kind of explains that. why I feel cheated. Is because it was like, this was going to be a genius episode of Doctor Who. And whether it was two parts or not, I just I really feel like the found footage stripped a lot of what was going to be good about this away in yeah. order to get the gimmick in there. And whether I like the gimmick or not, I just feel like we lost we lost out on stuff because of the gimmick. And that's yeah. that's the frustrating part of it for me. And then yeah, the ending, like agree. you said, it's yeah, like, what are we supposed to make of this ending? There's the fact that he's still transmitting after the Doctor leaves. So I, I, did the I, signal get out? I thought the idea that the whole thing was orchestrated as a trap was cool. I just wanted more resolution beyond that aspect. Yeah. yeah. Okay, it's a trap to transmit this whole idea. Okay, now let's break that wall of found footage and go th- figure out what happened. Maybe that's what the se- maybe the sequel will fix the <laughs> retroactively. I don't think there's going to be a sequel. I think it's all set up. But you said Holly had a theory. Holly had a theory because we watched the. Uh... We watched the next time on, and we watched it. And to me, as I sit down there hoping that it would be related, since this one was called Sleep No More, and the next one's called Face of the Raven. Face of the Raven, Raven, which you know is very Edgar Allan Poe if you put them together. And I was hoping that I was, I was onto something. And then I watched. We watched the next time on, and I went. I, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, okay, so it really was a one-off, and there's not going to be two parts. And it wasn't until it was the credits roll that Holly goes, well, maybe we'll figure out more about the dust. I said, what are you talking about? She goes, I said, that there's no dust in this one. And she says, yeah, there was. I said, well, no, there wasn't any dust in this. And she said, yeah, there, there was dust. She said, I swear I didn't, I didn't imagine that. So we rolled it back. And as the raven escapes from the cage, it becomes oh, dust yeah. and then reshapes as the raven. I just kind of assumed it was a And I sat there and looked at it, and I think in my mind when I first did that, I thought, but then it's very dust-like. And so I thought, well, maybe, I don't know that it'll be a direct two-parter, but I wonder if this will be linked in some way to the dust concept of Sleep No More. Like maybe the message did get out. Yeah, which would kind of explain why Moffat went and dusted this one off and said, hey, Let's put These this two in here. These two will pair yeah. together. And he had the writer for the next one, which who I don't know. It's that uh, is. Sarah Dullard. So, so maybe he gave Sarah Dullard some guidance, and it'll be a much like the Maisie Williams two-parter, where they're they're two completely different stories, but there's a common theme. There's one common thread. Maybe we get more about the dust monsters, and there'll be a big, big revelation. Which then, when you said that Mark Gatiss said this week that he was considering a sequel because people wanted a sequel to this. No, Moffat wanted Moffat a sequel. wanted a sequel to it. Well, <laughs> this is even more implied then because – so then I thought, oh, well, then obviously they're not going to use the concepts from this for the Raven one. Yeah. But then I thought, you know, but Moffat's a very, very, very key, keen person on making sure that you are misdirected, misguided – so if people suspected Especially that, that dust is going to yeah. continue on, he may have put in there that, well, yeah, you know, a sequel would be nice so that we've completely distracted and said, okay, well, this will have nothing to do with the dust when it really does have something possible. to do with the dust. So um, that was that completely Holly postulated that. I was more hopeful wishing because we've had two-parters even when we didn't think we were going to get a two-parter. And that would be a nice way to link these two together and say, hey, yeah. guess what? We did have two-parters this whole season. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll come back next week and say, okay, they totally fixed it. This episode's awesome, and here's why. I don't think they can unless they directly link, and I don't but, think they'll directly yeah. link. It would have to be a direct sequel. Not, uh, not, not a small sequel. Sometimes those small links are what make it work. Well, sometimes it's the quiet ones, but I, I think you're right. I think it would have to be. I think it would have had to have been the original script as intended yeah. <laughs> in order to make it work before before it got changed. Well, that's another reason yeah. why I I can't fully buy into this theory that I'm that Holly and I are postulating. I'm giving her part, most of the credit for it. But <laughs> so next week, if it does tie, then we'll pat her on the back. But if um, 
yeah, hearing that it was a longer piece and it seems to have gotten truncated, then, yeah, that kind of also leads to against the theory that there was. Well, and I only bring that up because I happen to find that article, and there's so many times on this show that we postulate, I wonder what happened. And so it was kind yeah. of nice to go, oh, that's what uh, happened. That's why. Because <laughs> normally we don't get that, 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 that resolution when something is, you know, true. is wrong or right. We kind of go, well, I wonder if they meant to do this. It's like, no, it turns out they meant to do this. <laughs> this is exactly what they meant to do. But... Hopefully, hopefully next week's episode will be better. Um, On the bright side, Gatiss is going to write some more Sherlock soon. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> he does that magnificent. It was still who, so it's still good to have it, and it was new. It was something different, and like I say, I went into it and and, and quite enjoyed most of it. I just, I, the the end of it really gave me reservations for the rest of the episode. Once I saw where they ended and up, and I and I normally like those sort of endings where it's kind of like, okay, you get to oh, decide. I do too. I do too. Normally, well, but it was a very chilling image one. where he's talking to the camera and removes his glasses and just his face starts disintegrating. Yeah, and that was, was like, why? It, it was a really set up to be something cool, and I I, I liked. Um, it's just yeah, the, impl- was great. the implications of that just don't follow through. Yeah. Well, and now we're dealing with the idea that. If if I mean I guess he comes back and says there's no infection per se that it's actually in the signal message. So does that mean Clara's okay? Yeah. Uh, well, she... um, um, unless there, I got the impression that he was harnessing the Morpheus 2.0 in the signal and transmitting the signal to keep you from sleeping. So she would still not have slept because of the Morpheus pod. So she would not be okay unless the doctor can put his sonic specs on her and fix her. Because as much as we left, who knows? I mean, maybe that's oh, where, maybe yeah. that's where the, the the dust raven comes from next week. Is it flies out of Carter's face, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might be enough of a tie-in to go. Oh well, at least we didn't drop well, it all together. I, I certainly don't think Clara's in any sort of danger from being in the sleep pod. Um, Why not? Well, because you got the... Im- <laughs> well, but you, you got <laughs> consumed by dust. The, Wouldn't that be a kick in the butt? You remember that episode? That's where we set it up for the, you. The episode doesn't give you enough information because you get the impression that there's only a few of the Rippers that don't use the sleep pod, and, and I think Chopper was one of them. Yeah. In fact, I thought it was very clever that when we were when we finally started seeing from his point of view, it wasn't from his eyes. It was almost like a helmet cam, and I yeah. kind of rationalized the and fact the that it's because there's from, dust the, on the, the on yeah. the on that and the gun. Um, that was the other thing that I thought was kind of a aha moment was realizing that it was the dust that was was recording the imagery and that there weren't any closed circuit television in the, the there, but. Um, but you get the impression that I mean, not everybody has had ill. No, not everybody's had repercussions because they've been doing this Morpheus thing for quite some time. It just happened to be this one crew that he kind of sabotaged he, in he a way, amped it up, so that they would end up evolving into these dust creatures. So everybody on that ship, except for the Doctor, had been using this, and they had minor microscopic elements of what. Eventually, they could become, but once this comes out, which maybe it won't because <laughs> because of that's the reason why it was done the way it was done. But there, there's no ill effects yet for anybody else, so why should there be ill effects for Clark? Well, but I also got they, they, he talks <laughs> about how did. the pods there are the 2.0 versions, and right. if it's those. Oh, I Pods see. Are I see up. what you're saying. Everyone else didn't use it. Yeah, Clara but did. I, I get the impression that they that it, there had to have been a process for it to amp. It, it wasn't longer. It wasn't. wasn't it had by, to be longer. Yeah, it wasn't exposed. by a short term process. Was, yeah. Either they were locked into the pods for an extended amount of time, which Clara wasn't. She was rescued right away. Yeah. Or they had been using them for numerous times before months the and months. Yeah. And before it, yeah. it ended up happening yeah. to them. So th- there's nothing in the episode that that hints to the fact that the there's something now wrong with Clara because she was in the now Sean's right that would be actually that would make this episode better if later they went ah remember that episode that was important <laughs> then I'd go okay well and maybe this wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be but uh, no, nothing makes me fear for Clara based on being in that pod for the she wasn't even there for five minutes she was in no. there for well, 30 I'm seconds glad, I'm glad they rationalized the, the, the sentient almost nature of the pod that it reached out and grabbed her mm-hmm. because when the camera angle changed and we went back to this end and then all of a sudden it was funk and we turned around and there's no Clara. Mel and I both just got looked at her and went, 
What? Why did she get there? <laughs> fell in? I, and so then it was a matter of, okay, well, it reached up and grabbed Yeah, when like, she talked about the wire. She was completely wired up. And yeah, up and was she like, was already ready to go. Even the doctor was like, what the hell? What are you doing? <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad that that at least response was there yeah. to mirror what we were all going through going, Oh, it grabbed you. Okay, and and, and, and <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> we haven't talked about it, but I love the use of the the Sandman song. Yeah, oh, it was yeah. so good. Yeah, and the, the the funniest thing is earlier in the week, Mason was talking to us, and he says, "You know, I really like fifties music because they've been playing a lot of fifties music in his music class, and they've been kind of." He says, "I really like fifties music." So throughout the week, we've been listening to some old songs that I knew he'd <laughs> like, and so this one came out. And this episode came out. We watched it, and he kept the the song. And and even after it was over, he was he was doing the bum 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 bum. <laughs> and I said, he said, I kind of like that song. And I said, well, it's no surprise. It's from the fifties. <laughs> he goes, oh, okay. So now I've got a because I'm making him a playlist now of fifties songs that I know he'll like. So we're gonna add that one to the playlist because it was it became an earwig for, or earworm for him because he was suddenly that was a bum 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 bum. <laughs> Gator said apparently the the inspiration for that was something that he had had a discussion uh, years back with uh, with RTD and they both were like, and that sound just kind of creepy <laughs> because it's so upbeat and bouncy. Oh, when yeah. you really start to look at the lyrics, it's like, ooh, don't put me to sleep. <laughs> so he says it's like Santa Claus. He, he knows when you're awake and he knows when you're asleep. Ooh, <laughs> what's up with that? <laughs> it's just one of those things that because we put a little bouncy tune to it, you're like, okay, sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you got coming up on the schedule, Sean? Well, coming up on the schedule next week is the uh, slight change to the uh, to the programming. Uh, for Friday Night Who, we'll be doing Flatline. Because Riggsy's back. And uh, the next week's episode, Face the Raven. Spoilers. Which, well, he was in the next <laughs> time. Really. Um, which may or may not directly tie into Sleep No More, but we'll find out. We'll see. A week from now, we'll find out. Uh, we will also have our... Spoiler-free review of Mutually Assured Domination, Domination, which I've been struggling with that title every time I pick up the book. I'm going to read Mad, and I think no, I can't say that. I got to, I got to actually say it out. It's Mutually Assured. Let's let's be fair. It's Lethbridge Stewart. Lethbridge Stewart. Mutually Assured or Mutually Assured Domination. I can't even get the rest of it right. Um, it is the next one in the uh, Lethbridge Stewart series. Which again, Lethbridge Stewart number four. Our good friends yes. over at Candy Jar uh, Books were kind enough to to get to us, so that we have a uh, a review copy uh, and can give you that review before. Is this one going to be before? It or is this comes just out, after? It, comes it, out. It just after. Yeah. It comes just out right. on the twentieth because it comes out on the twentieth. So we'll be just behind. Um, is it the Is it the twentieth? Mm-hmm. I think oh, so. That's not a Friday though. That's a weekend, isn't it? No, and that's Saturday. Nope. Oh, okay. 21st is a Saturday. Oh, okay. I've got a wedding next. I'm going to a wedding next week, and I thought it was on the 20th. Hopefully it's not on the 20th. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the author's name? Do you have that pulled up right uh, David. I feel bad if I don't mention the author's name. Where's the other book? Um, oh, good point. Uh, and, a, and a note to the listeners who won... Uh, a copy of Beast of Fang Rock. I do have them. Two and notes. I will get them out. Three notes. They're not signed, unfortunately. Yes. We think that maybe they it's... got out the door before Andy got a hold of them. So we have three non-signed copies now. So don't 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 get your book and go. This, where's this, where's this the signature? We can't find the signatures name. in them. So this doesn't say the author's name. Hold on. You looked at all three, right? I did. Okay. So yeah, no signatures. I'll, I'll sign Sorry, it. yeah. No. <laughs> so unless you you're flipping through and it and you have found Frank a signature <laughs> in it, then you can uh, send us a picture. Yeah, we like to know. Yeah. Yeah. We wonder where it was because <laughs> we haven't seen. That's, so, when I have a, when I have when I have like books, a, that's how I'm going to do it. I'm just going <laughs> to sign random pages on the inside. Which one did you get? Number it's like 67. a where's Wally book? <laughs> where's your autograph? Uh, Nick Walters is the Nick author. Walters. Nick Walters. Yes. There we go. Thank you. So a uh, spoiler, get Dave. I don't know. <laughs> Dave was the uh, previous one. Too, too back. Dave McGin- McKinty? No, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, Dave McKinty. David. Um, but yes, yeah, so uh, so uh, spoiler for review of the fourth Lethbridge Stewart novel, Mutually Assured Domination. Yes. Uh, on the schedule for next week, along with our review of uh, 
a face of the Raven. And then, uh, yes, I am posting the, the, the further schedule now that we have little mini synopsis as we were actually just discussing that <laughs> off mic. Uh, so that will, I will get that posted. Um, is there something else I want to say that we needed to cover scheduling wise or not? I don't think so. Oh, that might've been it. Oh, are we going to do the short? We're doing the short before. We'll review the short before. We are going to do the short. So a spoiler free. I'm going to check and make sure when it lies in the run. Okay. It might be after. Okay. It might be an epilogue. Well, we won't make any promises there. But, but we do plan on... Yeah, we will review, review it eventually. We'll review it, yeah. yeah. And we will... We, I think we will do it next... Yeah, next week. Well, then... You completely... Sorry. <laughs> walked completely in a circle. <laughs> you talked in a circle. I, I, yes, I was, that will be part of Bonus week content review. next <laughs> week, maybe. <laughs> I was, for some reason, thinking order of review... Oh, I see. Because oh, I'm not sure where it, timeline it. We never know it how matter. we're going to review things <laughs> or order of anything. Like we are traveling. I don't know why I thought that. We are hopping all over. Um, yeah, that flew right out of there. Uh, oh, when when uh, the spoiler-filled review of the previous one? Because we'll we're not, follow we're that not, in things we talk about outside the show. Okay. Um, we're not through November yet, so we can't. So be sure uh, to visit uh, TravelingTheVortex.com. There are several links on there that will help support the show if you buy things through those various channels. Or if you want to subscribe to us on Patreon, uh, if you want to become a Patreon subscriber, I should say, um, that means you will, number one, be supporting us by uh, donating to us directly. And number two, Patreon supporters do get extra content, which uh, Sean has put together our first bit of content, which is going out soon. Um, we're still waiting on one item this week. Is my we were waiting on one item, um, but uh, those should be in the mail very soon. We do apologize for the delay. I think <laughs> I, I, for the last I don't know twenty episodes, we've been saying they're going out, but uh, soon, very soon. And I just got a peek at the uh, one of the items that's going, so that's, I'm actually kind of excited. <laughs> it's square too. <laughs> yeah, I did, I totally didn't expect that. Yeah, so. I, she, she commented. She says, "I put that on a square because your logo looked better." And I didn't Can think about you, it. I was no, like, that's yeah, oh, yeah. wonderful. So, um, yeah, it looks great. And uh, so that'll be coming soon. So uh, watch your mailboxes for those of you that uh, were original Patreon subscribers. And, and we'll make a big deal out of it. I will let everybody know when, uh, just so that you're not sitting there wondering. Although I don't know, maybe it would be fun just when. Oh my God, the package finally arrived. <laughs> <laughs> let us know if you get yeah. them, and let us know if you get the books because we. Want I don't to make maybe sure. maybe I won't do this now. Maybe I won't tell people <laughs> that it's coming out. Um, we also got a lot more exciting things coming, more uh, prize giveaways coming soon and everything. So um, You can follow us on the various forms of media, which are, Keith? We are on Facebook, Twitter. At, on Twitter, it's at Travel Vortex. We are on Tumblr, Google+, pretty much any social media, we are there. Be sure the Goodreads you, Club. If you are not a member of the book club on Goodreads, yeah. uh, do that. The fine ladies over at the Five-ish Fangirls podcast, which we haven't plugged it very yeah, recently. We, we need to do that. Um, our sister podcast, uh, some of the ladies over there actually uh, facilitate that for us, and we appreciate that immensely. And we, we can't say enough how, how much we enjoy the fact that we're uh, indirectly connected to that as well. Um, this book, we promise this, after this month's one we'll book stop, uh, is um, Beast of Fang Rock. Yeah. So uh, be sure to get that read and get your review on Shine there. In. And uh, hopefully that will be done just in time for us to do a spoiler review of Beast, um, which will be coming soon. And a spoiler review of Schizoid Earth is coming soon, which I think is what Keith or what Sean was That's kind of alluding to, to earlier. To, yeah. But <laughs> we're, going, we're going to we're, we'll discuss that and get that on the schedule and let you all know. Anything else we haven't touched on? I kind of felt like I just rushed through all that, but thank you for listening. Mouthful. Yeah, as absolutely. Always. As always, thanks for listening. And uh, anybody that's come to us new. Oh, I do want to. It's something I thought about earlier in the week that I do want to bring up. Um, unfortunately, because of the limited constraints for specifically iTunes, we can only store or keep uh, in the feed 100 episodes at a time. So as more episodes come out, which in turn means episodes uh, early on will start to drop off of iTunes. However, we do want to make it uh, understood that all of the episodes that we have done are housed on our website, TravelingTheVortex.com, and you can go there and click on the podcast link and find those episodes. So if you're looking for episodes that you say you've gone back into our archive and uh, iTunes only goes so far back and you want to hear earlier stuff, I don't know why you'd want to hear earlier stuff. That was the, <laughs> the rough stuff where we were recording on one microphone. But if for some reason it's you there. are looking for that, it is available. And um, uh, a little glitch that uh, I think I'll be updating this week on the website will help <laughs> search those as well. We finally did get a uh, yeah update. So... Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, so the, the search feature <laughs> hopefully will the, make it easier to find those, but you can find those on our website. So if you do want to go back and download them or listen to them directly from the website, you can do that. I just want to make sure people, especially new listeners to the yeah. show, that want to go back and listen to those. And, and, and that is, again, thank you to all our Patreon supporters because that's one of the things that that directly goes yeah. to support is you the are storage the of why. those yeah, episodes. those episodes available, so – all right. Is that going Unlo- to Unlike the BBC, we hold on to our episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Is that going to do it this week? I think so. All right. Uh, if that's it, then until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. And thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.